The Connected Consumer. Hello, my name is Chris White, and I am one of the hosts for Parks Associates' new podcast, The Connected Consumer. This podcast is all about Parks Associates' data-driven market insights on emerging consumer technology products and services. It features our talented analyst team and industry leaders who are bringing new and innovative products to market. Throughout this podcast, you'll get an inside look at the latest industry trends focused on the connected consumer, home automation and security, energy management, connected health and independent living, and digital content and video services. In this episode, we will chat about the Zigbee Alliance and CHIP rebranded to CSA and Matter with guest speaker and our very own researcher, Amanda Kung. Amanda investigates industry trends, market dynamics, and outcomes for the connected home technologies and services marketplace. Amanda, thank you for joining us. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be part of our new podcast and chat with you about some exciting industry news. I'm glad we're on board with the the podcast wave. I'm really excited to get content out this way in this medium and down the road to interact with some of our listeners at our events. I think it's going to be really cool. So before we get into it, Uh, this particular topic. Could you give us an overview on why this is such a big announcement? Yeah, for sure. So the IoT, for those um, new to this world, stands for the Internet of Things, and it refers to devices that communicate with each other and perform tasks autonomously. So in the past, the Internet of Things, IoT, has really been um, made up of several different standards, like Zigbee, and all these standards have been competing for dominance, but after a few decades have gone by, not one protocol or standard has really emerged as the dominant protocol or standard in the space. And instead, all this competition among the tech giants, among the smaller players in the industry has actually inhibited progress in the goal for mass market distribution and kind of made it hard to completely and make the vision of a true smart home into reality. And this also has to do with the competition and the multiple different standards. It has led to poor user experiences and consumer hesitance to buy certain products due to fear of interoperability issues. Um, A lot of consumers will walk into a retail store and might not pick up um, or might not buy or even think about looking at a certain product because they're unsure if it works with their current smart home devices. And that's one of the major consumer pain points currently in the industry. And it's a big hurdle to bring smart home to the mass market. And it's really the key to create a truly smart home system. So as the smart home industry looks to extend beyond the early adopters and the tech enthusiasts who are always kind of the first ones to buy and jump on board about all this new technology, interoperability will be really critical for smart home to cross into mass market adoption. Right. So before we get into the details of the standards, let's talk a little bit about how the consumers are impacted by this. In our research, like you noted, a lot of smart home buyers are from a particular segment of the population that is very tech savvy. And in order to reach the larger market, everything is going to have to be simpler. The user experience is going to have to be seamless. It seems like interoperability is the movement towards that. Would you agree? No, I think you kind of covered it. I think with this open standard and interoperability, there are a lot of benefits, not only to the consumer, but also to the manufacturers, the device makers. There's an ability to get to market quicker. It allows for a well-established supply chain and research providers. And there's no time wasted for these device manufacturers to try to create their own protocol. And as you mentioned, for the consumers, they're able to have access to a larger group of smart home devices now. They aren't just limited to one standard or one protocol. And with these new initiatives, they're able to be, um, they're able to 
have that confidence um, in these devices that they've been stable, that they're tested, and it allows for a better user experience overall. Right. That's going to be great. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the consumers react to both in terms of their sort of business actions, making purchases and things like that, but also seeing in our research how consumers perceive the products differently on the shelves and in their homes when Mm -hmm. these new standards are making it possible for everything to work together better. So I know we, I know at Parks we we're looking really deep into consumer perspectives on this. Um, is there any specific data points you feel like you can share uh, regarding the importance of interoperability? Yes, of course. So Parks Associates research um, finds that U.S. broadband households have an average of thirteen connected devices in their home. So that's a lot of devices. And as the average number of connected devices per household grows, this really highlights the importance of smart home interoperability with a variety of products in one place. So in addition, um, our research shows that after price, a product's compatibility with smartphones and smart speakers and displays are primary concerns for buyers. So since buyers are already going out and making sure that these new smart home devices that they're buying are compatible with the existing smart home devices they currently own in their homes. The new Matter initiative is really going to be helpful um, with that new logo as an easy identifier for consumers to quickly identify what smart home devices currently work with their current ecosystem. So we're talking a little bit about a future where the standard is a major part of the marketplace and has already is already in place and pervasive. But right now we we have a bunch of different standards going on out there. So I think it's a good idea for us to kind of give a little bit of background, talk about what the different standards are, and then kind of try and walk along the story um, to kind of where we're going with with the Matter Initiative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would say there are kind of two main types of standards currently on the market. As I mentioned before, there's the open standard and the closed standard. In the past, most companies have had a closed standard, which means that it keeps third-party hardware from interoperating with it, and it also prevents third-party enhancements from improving the product. The pros to this approach would be that people think that it um, allows for additional security, and for specific companies, it um, guarantees interoperability between their own products. And at the same time, it forces customers to be to buy more of that specific company's products. For example, Apple users are kind of stuck if they want to use Apple HomeKit, either buying um, Apple products or um, products that are approved by Apple HomeKit, which aren't a ton due to their really rigorous certification progress. Right. So I think one of the big issues with the closed standard, which I think the industry is on agreement on, is that um, this lack of interoperability leads to a really poor user experience and makes the whole smart home experience very confusing for these consumers. And the open standard allows for technology to be com- compatible with a wide range of connected devices, as we said before. And I think it's very obvious now that consumers are demanding more choice and these closed standards and private ecosystems are no no longer viable options and instead are creating more consumer frustration. And so it seems as as the years have gone by that the answer is pointing more and more towards open ecosystems in order to keep consumers happy and keep them interested in the smart home and also appeal to a wider range of buyers. 
Okay, so the so the Zigbee Alliance and Chip, these are examples of open standards, or is is this a different type of development in the market? Yeah, so I would say previously the Zigbee Alliance would be so they're in standards organization that creates, maintains, and develops um, open global standards for the IoT. Okay, and so they're working towards open standards, but project connected. Home over IP, also known as CHIP, is a working group within the Zigbee Alliance, which is now Connectivity Standards Alliance, CSA, to develop this new unified connectivity protocol that not only is an open standard, but it's also unified with members um, from tech giant companies like Google, Apple, um, Amazon, and also Samsung. And Project Chip launched at the end of 2019, and with the launch of um, Chip, really indicated the industry's perception that there is more to be gained from working together on standards than competing. And the goal for Chip is to simplify development for manufacturers and increase compatibility with smart home and voice assistants for better um, user experiences for the consumers. So you mentioned a couple of some pretty big, important and recognizable names there. I think it's really interesting that Apple is involved there because, as you noted, their their strategy, their business strategy, kind of for the whole existence of the Apple brand has been that they're going their own way. You know, through the 80s, 90s and 2000s, it was always Mac versus PC. And um, it, it's interesting that that dynamic was existing for a minute in the smart home space, but maybe that's now going away. So in this in this world where Google, Amazon and Apple are working together on this initiative, what do you think about the impact of them being involved in terms of the possibilities of success? It ha- that has to be great news for anyone who's reading for this to happen, right? Yes, I think um, in order for any of these new initiatives to succeed or these protocols to succeed, the tech giants are very necessary. I think they hold a majority of the market share for a lot of these smart home devices. For the voice assistants, it's obviously the leaders are Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant. There's also Apple Siri. So I think for this to truly work and for it to truly be a unified connectivity protocol, there needs to be the membership of these tech giants. It will be interesting to see, though, if they are actually able to work together, if they're able to actually create a protocol that works and are willing to share some of their IP with each other instead of holding it back and then just saying, promising these things. And when it comes out to release, it's not actually able to work with specific devices. The involvement of these tech giants is definitely very hopeful for the success of the initiative. Yeah, I think that's, I I agree. Um, And the people that I've talked to um, in this space, usually in smaller companies are, really in a wait and see mode. I mean, there's there's a lot of companies that we talk to that are already involved and on board and are rooting for it and kind of pushing from within. But there's also other organizations that are kind of on the outside. And I've heard a little bit of skepticism um, that that these uh, longtime competitors are going to be able to uh, play nice and are going to be willing to um, share IP when, you know, this competitive advantage that they have, both in terms of holding share and battling with each other, but also holding off kind of smaller uh, entrance to the to the, the the market. So speaking of these little guys and the the entrance and the startups that are that that come into the smart home space that uh, we talk to that not necessarily the whole mass market and maybe not all of our listeners know about. What do you think about 
uh, what the impact is going to be on those small companies when, if and when Matter kind of takes over as a, as a standard and we start seeing that Matter mark on products next year. Yeah, I think it will be really helpful for these smaller um, players and these startups who maybe previously were maybe only able to work with Google Assistant or maybe Amazon Alexa, but now with Matter, they're able to work with all the tech giants. And for example, if you have a smart home player that specifically specializes in cameras, now they don't have to worry about creating new hardware or new protocols to try to um, work with other products in the smart home and they can really specialize in their niche that they're working in. And that really feels to me like that's something that should benefit the consumers. If people are able to specialize and kind of do only what they do best, like working right near their core competency and then relying on these other organizations that might be better at doing other pieces of the puzzle and helping them build the ecosystem seems like that should benefit the consumer and kind of lift quality overall. So, you know, we're very interested to see how uh, how and when kind of this all goes down. Do you have any thoughts on when when are people going to start seeing the Matter logo showing up on products? So recently, as you mentioned before, Project Chip rebranded to Matter. And so with this new name, it's kind of representing the foundational nature of this um, new protocol and also branding the new logo are designed to make it easier for consumers to identify which devices will work with Matter's unified system. And they've announced that um, the brands that are participating will be able to get smart home devices certified for the standard by late 2021. So we can expect um, the first Matter branded devices to ship later this year. Oh, that that reminds me too. When um, you mentioned the news, I was just thinking I saw I saw some Samsung news recently that was really interesting. And it seems like they're planning on moving away from producing smart things hardware. What do you what are your thoughts on that in terms of their participation in Matter? Yeah, I think um, Samsung Smart Things is really interesting because they're kind of in a transition right now of ditching their proprietary hardware and really focusing on software instead. For example, the original first generation Smart Things Hub, which first released in 2013, um, will no longer work after the end of June this year. Okay. Which is, yes. So they're kind of already discontinuing some of their own old hardware and they've also earlier this month updated their smart home app smart things with a new user interface and also previously they've launched smart things lab which is a section in their app where users can basically experiment and test out new features and it allows samsung to get user feedback before they even roll out these offerings for everyone So it seems like Samsung, with their support of Matter, is also repositioning itself as an ecosystem, as they claim to say, with the most flexible protocols. So they're hoping to be that ecosystem instead of focusing on the hardware on the interoperability side that is able to work with Matter, with Wi-Fi, with Thread, Zigbee, and Z-Wave to really be kind of the backbone of the smart home system. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's quite an impressive list for them and very ambitious for them to try and work with all those different standards and protocols that in the past have been, like you mentioned, a, a bit of a challenge for shoppers to uh, put together an ecosystem in their home that was all on the same standard. If Samsung and Matter can, can make this happen, it's going to be a, a major benefit for the consumers. And it's also really interesting that Samsung is making, a, you know, I mean, Samsung is such a huge company is making such an interesting and and significant strategic move here at the same time as Apple is making a big strategic move in terms of 
breaking their own rules a little bit of working together with other organizations instead of going on their own. So I think this is going to be all really exciting over the next year to watch this all um, watch this all come down and watch everything. Wow, it's going to be really exciting to watch this year as all all these new developments come out, and you know we're going to be watching the news and we're going to be reporting it and covering all of that in our in our research and our deliverables. So speaking of our great Parks Associates deliverables, talk a little bit about um, what what type of deliverables you're going to be working on, what you're what you're planning on publishing and reporting in the next year. Yeah, this past year I published a security adjacencies building on peace of mind industry report, which is really looking at security adjacent use cases for the residential security industry, such as cars, package theft, pets, vacation homes. Um, I also work on our residential security tracker, which recently received an updated design and releases every quarter and am currently working on on a residential security state of the market 2021 industry report that's looking at the industry, um, the trends going on in the industry right now and providing a five-year forecast. And also our listeners should, if they want to keep up to date with news such as new initiatives like Matter, they can check out our smart home tracker, which keeps up to date with exciting news in the industry and also releases every quarter. And also our smart home consumer insights dashboard, which tracks smart home device adoption, purchases, and consumer demand. That was great insights. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Connected consumers, we have some great podcast content coming later this summer that includes great interviews from our recent virtual events and a conversation with Brooke McCall from United Spinal Associates. She's going to share her perspective on connected products as tools for accessibility. Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss any of the great content that's coming up with ideas for what you would like to hear in future episodes. 